1: just go to cars.com It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by the one and only Phil Perry, one of our favorite guests on the show, and one of the nicest guys in Patriots media, perhaps all of Boston media in general. Uh, great guy. We have a great conversation. Obviously, talk about the, the opt-outs, but then also what it would look like on the field. Uh, you know, and we also get into a little Jadavian clowny talk as well. It's a heck of a conversation, so buckle up and cue the music.
0: stacked receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. It. Wilson,
1: quick throw. And it's good! intercepted. Intercepted. So is sports, man. The MLB unfortunately is back, but the NHL is back. The NBA is coming back. Man, it, it's a good it's a good day to be a sports fan. And the Patriots are almost back. I can like almost taste it. They're just not quite there yet, but it's so close.
2: It's so close. And and you know, start a hockey comes back. Bruins get absolutely pumped tonight. Four uh, one practice Ugh. game. No matter what, they'll start Sunday and. Yeah. I mean, it's what an incredible job, a little bit off topic, but, and obviously the NBA just started tonight. I didn't get a chance to watch, but they've done a phenomenal job too. But given the circumstances of hockey and, you know, how hard it is to find ice in a building to host that, you know, hats off to them. They've done an incredible job getting this thing going. They reported zero positive tests uh, out of, I think like 4,300 people that were in that, you know, bubble type of environment. Um, So just hats off to both those organizations and, you know, it's unfortunate the NFL can't trend that way. Just I think that with the rosters and, and, and the coaching staffs, it's just it's too hard, you know, you know, finding a, a football field and, and something of that, you know, of that venue is tougher. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just everything's slowly coming back. Um, you know, I'd love to be, you know, packed in like sardines at, at Gillette Stadium and, and cheering them on. But okay. unfortunately, we'll have to wait till next year. But beggars can't be choosers yep. at this point.
1: That's it. That's it. You know, it's just like, hey, here we are. Like, let's just hope, let's hope next year we can be there. That's all, you know? So, but, uh, you know, hey, I mean, listen, sports is back and we can get to watch sports. And and thankfully, it won't be the flipping Red Sox that we stuck, excuse me, stuck watching.
2: Because they're just
1: atrocious. Refuse. Oh, I can't, I can't even do it. I just, I can't, I just can't do it. So I just, you know, just shut it off and pretend like they don't exist. That's all. That's all I'm going to do you
2: know
1: but so anyways so let's get into that let's get into that phil perry uh interview we have you know phil as as i said in the intro he's just one of the nicest guys we love having him he's a good guy um and is you know always always willing to come on and do the show which is nice of him so uh it's a really good conversation as it always is uh you know how we do we're we always have good conversations because you know we're we're good conversators so um (laughs) but you know but it's a uh, it's a great conversation and uh we'll be back next week and next week I mean I think I think next week like the guys are going to be in the building next week. We're going to be able to talk about like let's hope actual like mean, meeting
2: time. If we've learned anything from this year, it's just I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm raining on your parade here. You're getting excited, <laughs> but this week's been tough. The Opt out, we will talk. I know. who knows what's going to happen. Right, right. Who knows
1: what's going to happen? Who's going to be there? But...
2: I'm sorry, but let's pray for <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> right, that's it. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Let's hope. That by next week when we record, that they're at least been in meetings for a week or so, and or a few Stidham's days at least. And people are like, oh, I need this guy's you know, Stidham's drawing circles around around Cam on the uh, hey, on the old that'll, whiteboard. That'll, but, you know, we'll see.
2: If he wins the job, man, 2020 is getting a little bit better. You know, the, if, if I it. can have one thing this year, man, it's been <laughs> so bad. And you know, I, obviously, you have to take it a grain of salt. Everybody, you got to be thankful everyone's healthy, and you, you know what I'm saying. Course, it's been so right. unprecedented, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and all that. But if if Stidham wins the job, I'll take it. Like, thank you. I've had something niche, go yeah. my way this year. We've, we've yeah. we it's, can rain on some parades and make people's 2020 worse yeah. while ours gets a little bit better. So just think about we that.
1: Can. Well, that's. <laughs> It's funny my my Facebook memory came up of of the of the um
2: yeah, one year ago. You know,
1: of when I when I did the press pass exactly one year ago I think it was Wednesday. So it's just kind of funny that it, you know what happened back then and of course then it brings you back to oh my god like one year ago today like we were at training camp and we we're watching them, you know, and it's just like sucks. So but anyways, that's what we got and and it's 2020 and you're right it blows but that's it. I'm That's it. I'm that. would be pretty nice for us, at least. I don't know Well, for everyone else, but it'd be pretty damn nice for us. So, <laughs> so anyways, all right, guys. So, we're, we're going to get you into that Perry, uh, that Phil Perry interview, and then we'll be back with you next week. All right, we are happy to be joined by one of our favorite guests, and honestly, one of our favorite people in Patriots media like the nicest guy in the entire world. Phil Perry, Phil, thanks for coming on, man. really appreciate it. And I mean, I don't even need to introduce you more than that. Everyone knows who you are. So, but thank you for coming on we appreciate it.
0: Well, I'm just glad that uh, you guys have been getting those uh, monthly payments I've been sending you so that when I do (laughs) join you, you can give me that very nice introduction. So uh, I'm glad those are, those are going through and those checks are clearing. So I'm in a good mood already.
1: That is true. I can be bought. That's, uh, I'll just put that out there right now for anyone else, you know? (laughs) So uh but let's get right into it man. Obviously um we have uh, the biggest news of the week is the is the opt-outs and of course at this point we're up to 6. The August 3rd is the deadline. So there's a possibility there could be more. Um but you know you have Hightower, Chung, Cannon, Danny Vitale. Uh those are really the the big 4. Um you know the, the, listen. That's a decision that they made. I 100% respect it. I think that Anyone that doesn't is just being an idiot, to be honest with you. But, but let's look on the, on the playing, on the playing field, right? What type of impact is that going to have on this team? I mean, I, you know, I can't imagine, I mean, being without those, certainly the three starters is a big blow. Uh, How big of an issue do you think it is? And, and what's the biggest loss do you think out of those four guys, three, four guys?
0: It is significant. There's no question. And I think there's, Time for more, uh, unfortunately, if you're a Patriots fan, yeah um, although like you said, I mean any of these guys choosing to opt out, whatever their their background is, whatever their life at home is like it's a valid de- it's a valid decision this is a valid choice. this is an unprecedented situation that we're all in. there are still going to be risks as many precautions as the NFL is taking there are going to be risks in terms of contracting the virus and it's going to impact your life if you decide to play whether you're a bachelor in in your early 20s or you've got family that you're living with i mean it's going to impact them in terms of the things that they're allowed to do okay all of a sudden you decide to play now your wife your kids have to maybe uh take extra precautions to make sure that you're not being in and then going and carrying it to your teammates. So whatever the reasons, they're all valid. They're all legit. But the the impact as of now with the six that we know is still massive to me. Because, guys, when you look at this team going into 2020, you know, as of four days ago, we all would have said, all right, the strengths of this team, what are they? got to be the defense, right? One of the, you know, statistically the best defenses in the NFL last year, even if they weren't quite as good as the stats said, they were still very good. Run game, pass game, getting after the quarterback with a variety of people, maybe the best secondary in the NFL, certainly the best corner in the NFL and Stephon Gilmore, maybe the best cornerbacking duo in the NFL with JC Jackson and Gilmore. Well, you just lost maybe your most indispensable defender and I say that knowing Stefan Gilmore is obviously an elite player and he changes what the Patriots can do, but Dante Hightower in the middle of that defense is so important and his impact goes way beyond the box score stats that he is one of their most important, certainly one of their most three most important. So you lose him, you lose Patrick Chung, who's one of your longest tenured starters, and now all of a sudden that defense isn't quite as good as it was three days ago. Offensively I think we all looked at it and said, okay, no, Brady, Cam may be good, maybe not. But one of the things that you can always bank on with Cam Newton is if he's a quarterback, the running game is going to be very good. You look at his numbers as a, as a team in Carolina, the run games were all, were always among the best in football uh, essentially. And you look at Marcus Cannon and that opt out, and you lost a guy who, when he's at his best, is maybe your best run blocker. So that one aspect that you thought you could count on, maybe, uh, as an offensive unit in a year of obvious uncertainty on that side of the ball, now that's taken a huge hit. So there's no question; those three names, all significant losses. Brandon Bolden for the special teams, like that that one they should be able to. To handle, I think, though, he's very good in that space. So there's four key contributors uh, that are all suddenly gone from your plan for 2020, and it's going to require some real creativity to figure out how how to fill in for those guys.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you look back at the draft, right? We looked at it, and you said you needed to insert some youth at the linebacker position, obviously losing Van Noy and Collins and Roberts. And then, obviously, at their safety position, obviously very strong, right? But they needed some youth. McCourty's getting up there. Chung was getting up there. Obviously, made a move and signed Phillips and traded Harmon. Now, you know, losing that many linebackers starting there, it's a its a chance for Jawan Bentley, who many people thought this was a big leap year for him, kind of taking over. He wore the green dot a little bit week three as a rookie when Hightower went to Obviously, he got hurt that game. Um, but now you have Josh Uche, um, Anthony Jennings, uh, you know insert those guys Kyle Duggar was their first so, you know first pick in that draft he kind of you know can play that chung role, play in the box take on tight ends big physical safety can kind of do it all out there um, when you're looking at it like you said three days ago those are three guys that you can say okay scheme them in play them in some packages you know get them some experience as the year goes on so they can really take that leap next year now you look at it and say wow these guys might have to step in and play right away with no minicamp, a very extended, you know, a very weird training camp, not a lot of pads, not a lot of hit, no preseason. It's a big task for that defense, and those young guys are going to learn pretty quick.
0: This is just a situation where we are not accustomed to the Patriots no. being in all that often, where they may be forced to play some young guys in games, snaps, moments of consequence in the regular season, moments that that are really going to impact whether or not this 2020 season turns into anything. And it just hasn't been that way for a handful of years here in New England. You look back, you can go back to 2017, they were the 26th oldest roster in the NFL. In 2018, they were the, and when I say 26th, I mean, I guess they were the 26th youngest. That's the correct way of putting it. So they were the the sixth. They were the sixth oldest. oldest. In twenty eighteen, they were the third oldest. In twenty nineteen they were the oldest. Going into twenty twenty, they were set before the draft to be the oldest team in the NFL. And you look at how they've spent and how the percentages of their cap have been broken down with veteran, low veteran contracts, mid veteran contracts, meaning salary wise, these are guys that are, you know, anywhere from the veteran minimum to, you know, five, $6 million a year in terms of salary. The Patriots dominated the market when it came to those kinds of contracts over the course of the last couple of years. And they still do. I mean, this is just how they right. built and it's been a smart way to do it, especially when Tom Brady was your quarterback because it gave you guys that were ready to go right now you didn't have to spend a lot of time developing young players you were going to capitalize on tom brady's championship window that's just how, how many how many pick swap trades did we see where they brought in a veteran player who ended up coming in and being a contributor you know the trent brown deal right. the kyle van Noy, the jason mccordy the danny shot all of these moves
1: they right yeah
0: a yeah. Ayers, jonathan cassia i mean like how many right. mid to late round picks did they just say, you know what, why bother? Because we're a really good team. We're stacked with veterans that are a little bit older, but they're ready to go. They're good right now. We don't have to roll the dice on yep. these draft picks and, and um lean on them in any sort of significant way. Outside of three guys. So they drafted they drafted guys nineteen players between twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. And from that group, only three have had a season in which they've started five games or more. And it's been Sony Michel, obviously, Isaiah Wynn, yeah. who has been hurt for the majority of his first two years here, and Nikhil Harry. And that's it in terms yeah. of in terms of start. Wow. Now, yeah. you know, you want to get into snaps, and, you know, Chase Winovich obviously played a role. J.C. Jackson was not a draft pick, but he started a bunch of games, so that counts as, like, a young player who's contributed. But they just haven't had very many young contributors because it's been hard to crack some of these depth charts. They've been such a veteran team. Well, now the decks are clear to some of these spots. Linebacker is going to be really young. Offensive tackle is going to be really young receiver should get younger and should continue to trend that way. Safety might have to get, young. I mean, Kyle Duggar guys, that's a great example of a guy coming from a division two program, right? That that leap from division two to the NFL is so massive I think yeah. we all looked at with it literally
2: with no, with no NFL training <laughs> and,
0: uh, and no preseason, no, no rookie yeah. minicamp. No, like the guy hasn't even been in the facility yet. So like, or maybe, you know, maybe he has now, I don't know the status of his, of his testing, but you got to test, you have to have three negative tests before you let in the building. So, right. um, he was the perfect candidate, right? Red shirt you got Patrick Chung ahead of him. Not only do you have Patrick Chung, you have Terrence Brooks who was here last year and played pretty well when Chung was out, especially in Philly, helped make Zach Ertz, like not a non-factor in that game. He ended up getting his catches, but he was not an important player in that game. You look right. at where he caught the football there. He, I, I remember writing this story and I don't want to mess up the stat, but he basically like, He didn't catch a football inside of the Patriots 30 yard line that day. I believe it's what the stat was. And part of that was because of Terrence Brooks. You have him, you have Adrian Phillips. Okay. Kyle Duggar, take a breather, man. Just, just get your feet under you. Maybe play some special teams, maybe return some punts for us. Now he might be one injury away from playing real snaps. That's a, that's a huge leap for a guy like that. So, um, you know, for somebody like me, I've talked to you guys about the draft. Like I love the draft. I love following these young players. I love when they get a chance to contribute. Uh and so it is exciting in some ways to say, man, how is Uche going to going to try to replace Hightower as a blitzer from the middle? That's something he's really good at. Was is Anthony Jennings going to be able to hold the point of attack the way Kyle Van Noy could or Dante Hightower could if he was on the edge? Like I I love thinking about that stuff. But there's a reason the Patriots have been reluctant to do that over the course of the last few years, and it's because it's hard. It's hard for rookies to come in and contribute right away. And yet, and we haven't even talked about the tight ends, but just based on these opt-outs, these opt-outs have really cleared the way for some of these guys to have to contribute right away. And it's just something we haven't seen very much in New England.
1: No, it's a great point. And you mentioned, you know, Jackson, where it's like, there's opportunity for a guy if he shows out and you're like, wow, this guy's really good. He has to play, you know, as opposed to, you know, they, he basically forced their hand and was like, he's too good to sit on the bench and not play, you know, whereas you have guys that, okay, maybe they'll be okay, but there's another guy that can play over them. You know, they're not forced into um, they're not forced into playing because there's no one else there, you know? And so that's, that's been the position they've been in and they've been comfortable there. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, I saw Mike Giardi today alluded to it and didn't really specify, but he did allude to it, uh, that Slater's decision prevented a new surge of Patriots opt-outs. Have you heard anything about that? Or have you maybe you know heard any rumblings about that, about whether, you know, if Slater had chosen to, of course, Slater said that he's coming in and he's going to play, but had Slater chosen to opt out, I know he's a huge leader in the locker room, you know, did you get the sense that other guys would have opted out if he had, but they didn't?
0: I haven't spoken to any players that told me, if Slater's done, I'm done. I haven't heard that. Um, maybe others have. I have two thoughts on this, uh, because I, I saw that tweet as well from Giardi, and he he's pretty emphatic. Like, if Slater had yeah. chosen to... to To bail, there were going to be others who followed. Um, And I trust that Mike has that on good authority. My first thought is, though, man, that's putting a lot on Matthew Slater, number one, and I think it's a little bit unfair if that's the case because all of these guys' situations are different. Health, family, money, in terms of your level of play that has been established. At this level, so you can continue your career if you do choose to. Like, all of these things are different player to player. And in my opinion, no one player should be looking at any one player, especially somebody like Matthew Slater, whose situation is vastly different than most other pros in the NFL, where the guy has played 10 plus years. He's accomplished so much. Like, I don't see how, for instance, if you're Jawan Williams, you look at Matthew Slater and say, well, whatever Slate says, like I'm, I'm, I'm in right. On yeah. the other hand, I, I, I understand Matthew Slater is one of the most important leaders in that locker room. He is an incredibly smart guy. Number one, he's incredible. he's an incredibly caring teammate. Number two, uh, I think he's really, since jack easterby's departure he's he's gone above and beyond in terms of um, maybe offering a little bit even more of himself you know from a from an off the field leadership standpoint and so an incredibly respected guy he's also he's also married to a physician so maybe that is is helping teammates uh yeah. look to him and say well he's gonna have an informed opinion maybe more informed than my own and so you know i'm going to trust whatever he thinks is right for him is right for me too but again i come back to that and i say it's, you have to be able these guys are all grown ups you know uh, right. even if they're they're 23 24 years old and first or second you know like i would hope that they're all thinking for themselves on this one um and i can tell you too matthew slater is, has nothing but respect for the guys that have opted out He's mm-hmm. going to do nothing but support those guys fully. And I believe wholeheartedly that he would feel the same way if anyone chose to opt out in this window that remains open. And I think it's, I think it's going to extend even longer than we thought, guys. We thought it was going to be the first couple of days in August that was going to be the cut down day. Until the CBA, the final piece of the CBA is officially signed off on, that's going to start a seven-day window players can continue to make this choice but what's weird about this now is obviously players are starting to show up to their facilities they're getting tested uh if they get the negatives that they need they're going to be reporting to the facility it's just what's unfortunate now for the players is that it looks like they're going to be faced some of them who are who still might be on the fence some of them are going to be faced with making the decision am i going to go or am i not? Without having the cba fully every t every i crossed and dotted right on the on the collective bargaining agreement changes so um hopefully they they finish that soon that 7 day window opens and and guys have the time they need to make the decision they feel is right for them but again i man I, that's putting a lot of matthew slater if uh if if there are a handful of guys in there that are just saying I'm with you, whatever you decide, man, because right. if he decides to play, he's comfortable with that decision for himself and his family. But now if one of these other guys ends up going and getting sick, now that's somehow on Matthew Slater, like that that doesn't feel right for me. So these guys got to be just be able
2: to decide for themselves. For sure. And And obviously with those opt-outs comes cap space, which is crazy. Last week or last month they had, as Brian Phillips said to us, like a week's worth of taxes at Gillette stadium in, in cap space. It was like, what, like 200 grand. And now they're well over 24 million. And obviously with losing some big pieces on defense, there's a pretty imposing name Jadavion Clowney out there. Um, You know, obviously you can kind of swirl that around and, and that possibility now with that cap space and that much flexibility, Hey, it's late. Camp is, you know, about to start. You can get them on that, you know, like, type of deal maybe not as cheap but like a type of deal that you got cam newton on i personally don't see it just from a you know a football standpoint and and how late it is but i guess anything's possible no one really saw the cam newton thing coming is there any possibility that jadevion Clowney is a new england patriot and, and can contribute here in 2020
0: well the reason no one saw cam newton coming was because no one assumed cam newton would be willing to take uh this basically yeah. what one-seventh of what Marcus Mariota got to be the backup to Derek Carr. Like, like, And still in their right mind, going into this offseason, thought that that was a realistic possibility. Nobody. So that helps open it up for the Patriots to to make it their reality, to bring a guy like that in. I think the same thing would have to happen with Jadavian Clowney. Everyone knows he wants to get paid. He should. It's, it's his right. Every player is right. These guys' careers are only so long, all that. But if he decides, you know what, it's getting so late into this thing, nobody wants me, nobody's willing to commit a lot of money with COVID, the financial futures of all these teams and the league itself are up in the air. You know what, I'll take the minimum. All right, now now the suitors have really – now it's the entire league that's interested in the guy, uh, right. Patriots included. I, I mean, like I don't see how you wouldn't be if that was the cost. I just – I'm not sure the cost is uh, going to come down that far. You know, from a football perspective, you know, I've heard, you know, Mike Lombardi talk about this recently in the last few days. He obviously is familiar with the organization. His son is the receivers coach in New England now. Um, But he just says, like, the style of play is just not a fit. You know, he wants to run up the field as a pass rusher on third third down. The Patriots don't want their guys to do that. The last guy that, that kind of played that way here was Adrian Claiborne, and he didn't really do a whole heck of a lot uh he and he 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 had a hard time figuring out man i okay so you, you sure you really don't want me to just like run past the quarterback because if i'm faster than the tackle like i might be able to get a couple sacks this way no it's not what they want it's never what they want from these guys right so if Cloudy's game then you know they're not going to be clamoring to to go and get them um but if the price comes down far enough then that would make sense i think for me you know you look at the opt out. You know, the obvious places to look. You can look at tackle. There's just not a lot of obvious choices there in terms of guys that are available that you think could play right now. I mean, I don't know, you bring Ladrian Waddle back coming off of an Achilles tear late late in it to his career because he's been around and, and knows the system, maybe. Um, you know, Greg Robinson is is around still. Like, do you wanna to try to dip into that and see if you can get the best Over, out of the People thought it was talented at one point, and we know yeah. the Patriots love those former first-rounders, you know, failed or not. Right. So maybe. Um, there are some really interesting defensive linemen. Uh, you know, the defense has changed so much they've go, sort of gotten away from the traditional defensive end. Like, Dietrich Wise is really the only one on the roster right now. Uh, that looks like you know he has a chance to make the roster, but Everson Griffin is still available. Jabal Sheard is still available. You want to go interior? That is a place where I think they they still could use a body. And I've been saying this since the draft. I thought they would draft a defensive tackle. I just think they need more people there. Uh, they got run over against Baltimore. They got run over against Tennessee. These are teams you're going to be competing with again. You got to be able to stop the run. They had trouble with that at times. I know you're not going to necessarily have you know a lot of snaps every game where you've got three defensive tackles with even twenty snaps or more. But I think you need one more guy. Marcel Darius is still out there. Like he's another, you know, talented guy, former first round pick. Like still available. Uh Jaron Reed, former Seahawk, is a little bit lighter guy, might be more too much of a one gapping, penetrating type of player um for the Belichick system, but he's still available. You know, Stax Harrison is still I talk about stopping the run. Very few defensive tackles yeah. have, been as, have been as good at stopping the run as Damon ha- uh, Harrison the last few years. So those are a couple names that it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, uh, it wouldn't it be like the ultimate Patriots thing? They lose a safety, a linebacker, and an offensive tackle, and they have all this, this money line around, and they go out and they sign two 330-pound yeah. defensive tackles. Yeah. Like, that just
1: would be the Patriots to a T completely yeah everyone would be like belichick so stupid what's he doing you know and it's just like yeah eh, this is what we need okay we'll go out and get this guy you know but uh, so- yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to kind of see what happens i mean i just i don't know uh, hightower to me is just such a massive loss and, and we talk uh, spags of the losses
2: you know like he, he's the right. he's the you know he's the one who gets it all going and now yeah. you're asking a lot from Bentley and Winovich, and not to cut you off. I just wanted to. Get no, there. no, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like you have so much turnover at that position, and an important position, especially in their system. And now, given the circumstances, <laughs> you got a lot on Juwan Bentley's plate, who hasn't really played consistently a lot since he's came into the league. Obviously, he had the injury and was and was high, and didn't really see much time last year because of the emergence of of Collins. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, just, I think it's one of these things where and you try to, in your mind, figure out who the one-for-one one fit is, because the Patriots are usually really good at, when they let somebody go, okay, this player is going to come in and play this role, and he's going to be the next this guy, whoever that guy yeah. was. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they change the entire defense, like you know they brought in Michael Bennett after they lost Trey Flowers but they had so many talented linebackers that they also brought in that off season they basically went from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and and Michael Bennett became obsolete because he, he wasn't a 3-4 end uh and you know they needed interior pass rushers but they he just wasn't doing what they wanted in the same way somebody like Adam Butler was. And it, it so it wasn't a good fit. It was, a, you know, I think Dietrich wise is still sort of like a scheme misfit. So anyway, but so like we were yeah. thinking about these one for one subs and there's just no one for one sub for Dante Hightower. There just isn't not on this roster. Right. Like I guess it's, right. I guess it's Jawan Bentley, but he's just not going to give you the same sort of things. I, the way I looked at it coming in guys was, man, can Chase Winovich be Kyle Van Noy? Because if he can, that's great. I, I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can hold up against the run the way Van Noy could. He's just a little, you know, people that I've spoken to, you know, uh, you look at Winovich, he's a little thin. Like, he's just not as thick as some of these guys that they've had kind of on the edge of the defense. But maybe he's done a lot of work this off season and he's put on a little bit of weight you know, in the lower body, and and he's going to be able to anchor a little bit better, and he's going to be a three-down player for them. Like, that, I could envision that. That's not totally out of the realm of possibility for me. Josh Uche, right. I looked at and I said, man, this guy's a dynamic athlete. We saw him run down the field with K.J. Hamler at Penn State. You know, he would have blown up the combine. He might have worked his way into the first round. He is that athletic. He's a little bit light. Is he going to be really stout against the run? No. But you're going to blitz him, play him on the edge a little bit, play him in coverage a little bit. To me, I looked at that and I said, all right, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that you could at least play him in the Collins role and get some production out of him. It doesn't mean he's going to be as good as Jamie Collins was last year, but that's not, that's not an otherworldly ask based on Uche's physical right. skill set. They're both such impressive athletes. So, okay, now you got two replacements down. Now you're without Hightower. Now it's like, goodness. Uh, you know, can yeah. we get three guys that can that can somehow combine their powers and and be Dante Hightower because they just don't have that guy right now. Like I think Bentley might be able to give them a percentage of what Hightower gave them against the run, but Hightower is such a force in that regard, and he's just so smart. Like part of his value is getting guys in the right gaps before the snap, and that sounds so. That sounds like such a uh, a football nerd kind of thing, but it, it's it's so important. And you see him talking to people like Lawrence Guy or Adam Butler right before the snap, or give him a little tap on the ass, and all they do is move yep. from the inside shoulder to the outside shoulder of the guard or the center, and that's enough to to ruin a run play for an opposing team. um Obviously, he's he's just a, a force. He's so powerful right. at the point of attack. Like individually, he's a great run defender too. But he's a really important team cog in the team run defense that there's nobody on the roster in my opinion that that can replace what he gave them
1: right and that's you know the thing is right belichick calls him mr february right he just he comes up he has a knack of making for making those big plays and again it's a lot of times it's you know his his ability to kind of see the field and understand what's going on and and again like you said yeah you don't see that I mean, obviously you see it when you're watching it, but it doesn't show up in the box score that he moved Lawrence Guy over from a three technique to a two technique and that and that, you know, stuffed the run when it when there would have been a gap there. You know, it's just like that's stuff that you don't see outside of when you're watching film, you know, and that's something that I think people that don't understand the game and don't and just look at the box score afterwards or just are casual fans don't understand the impact that Hightower has on the defense on a day. De- I was talking to my cousin who said, who's like, he's like, yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, Hightower, like, whatever, he's fine. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, is like one of the best players in the team. Like, you can't lose that guy. And so it's just not, but you don't, it doesn't show up. You know, it just doesn't show up outside of the box score a lot of times because that's just the type of guy he is, you know. And so, and Belichick always values those super smart athletic guys anyways, you know, the, the more cerebral guys that understand the game. So well. that's why he's always loved McCordy. You know, and so losing him is a challenge. I was very, I'm still very nervous about the two McCourties. They've gone back and forth about you know whether they think it's safe to play and whether they think they can get the season going and stuff. You lose those, you lose those two guys, and I mean, we're in a whole heap of trouble if that's if that's what happens. Obviously, on the field, you know, again, it's like we don't have to preface it, but. We, you know, you say keep saying it over and over again. Obviously, whatever they choose to do is is their choice, and and you can't fault them for that. But like, if we lose those two guys on the field, I mean, defense is just is completely shot.
0: It would be massive. It would, uh, and I, you know, I think um, there are obviously guys that are going to think through this thing really hard. Um, I think one of the things that makes it probably a really hard decision for them just knowing them a little bit uh noah matthew slater a little bit is that you know they understand the the role that they play on their team too and and their leadership and how important it is to the the overall operation um you know Devin mccourty uh, you know, Jason McCourty too, he had his option picked up. Devin just signed a free agent contract. Matthew Slater just signed a free agent contract. Do they feel, you know, I, I know for a fact that they would weigh any family concerns over, you know, a decision right. to play football or not, but, As they should. you know, I, yeah. they're also, I'm you know, there's also a, a loyalty piece to it too, that I'm sure they're considering. So, um, and on the field, there's no question if, if, that were to happen if you were to lose Hightower and, you know, let's talk about all the guys that lost in free agency. Uh, so if it's Van Noy, Collins, Hightower, Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty, and Patrick Chung, I mean, that's,
1: oh, that's it's more than
0: half of your, it's more than half of your starting defense from, from, right. you know, the last two years. So it's a, it would be a massive hit and it would be up to Bill Belichick. Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, um, you know, those guys to come up with with some kind of plan to make it work. And I, I, I think just what would make it so hard is that their defense the last few years has been structured in such a way that they are telling their opponents, we're better for you. We're better than you. We are better than you man for man. We've got 11. You've got 11. We like our eleven better than yours. And specifically we know that you have five eligible receivers. We're gonna rush four, maybe even just three at times. Uh, you know, depending on who you have, we're gonna double your best guy and then we're gonna go one for one the rest of the way across the board and we love our guys. And so we're gonna we're gonna win those matchups. It makes it a lot harder to say one for one matchup for matchup, we're better than you now when when you lose that much experience on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah. All right. One final question, then we'll get you out of here. Uh, just as we we're talking about that, it just kind of brought something to my to my uh, head that I had been thinking about. And I wanted to ask you, when do you think the NFL would step in? Like opt out wise, when do you think the NFL would have to then take a step back and be like, "Whoa, okay, like this is a lot, right? You have Damian Williams, you have Chung, you have Hightower, but you don't really have a ton of big names that are opting out. You know, at what point, you know, you talk about them, I mean, you look at what the Patriots lost, you know, on defense. And obviously some of them, some of them were to free agencies or trade, you know, with Harmon. But at what point do you think the NFL would have to step in and say like, okay, like we have to do something else because we can't have all these guys opting out. Um, So we have to figure something out. We have to figure something else out.
0: I, you know what? I really don't think that that will happen. I just, and I don't know if it's because I don't think there will be mm-hmm. that many opt outs that they'll be faced with. That you know, this was a the the players' union was part of this. This was a you know, I hesitate to call this a negotiation. What the league went through to get the protocols squared away and get the opt outs into place and amend the CBA, but that's what it was. It was a negotiation. It's about Money it's obviously about everybody's health and weighing the, the risk versus the reward, but money was a, was a factor here, and so this was a negotiation between the two sides, and I think it was a pretty amicable one, obviously, based uh, you know relative to some of the others that we've seen between these two sides over the years. Um, but the players were involved here in getting this set up, and they were in a, on the process throughout. you know you didn't have to even necessarily be a player rep. Uh, you didn't have to be part of the, you know, the the executive um, committee to to be in on how this was developing. This this was right. pretty open, and so I don't think you're just gonna you're there are gonna be that many opt outs that the league would step in and say something. To me, the question is, and this is based off of some of what we're seeing from Major League Baseball, but like, what are the protocols in place for? when an offensive lineman gets COVID and tests positive and maybe starts to show symptoms, do you have to quarantine all of the other offensive linemen that maybe practiced with him for a day or two for 10 to 14 days? Did did those guys have to take, uh, is it just a question of making sure those guys get tested? And as long as they test negative twice, they're, they're good to go and they're back in Uh, Do the quarterbacks need to be quarantined like what we know we know what some of the protocols are and not every scenario can be written down in ink in the cba i I understand that but to me there there are still some questions as to how this will get handled when people do start to test positive if a certain number of players on a team test positive during a week what does that number have to be before you say they can't play this weekend or they can't travel? Uh, Like those are some of the things that that I would be interested to know. I'm sure they've talked about a lot of these different situations and they've kicked them around and they have some idea. I would hope they're a little bit more organized in major league baseball where the Marlins are deciding via group chat, whether or not they're going to play a game while there's an outbreak going on in the clubhouse. Like, are you, kidding me that like how insane have we gotten as a league to get to that point i would hope that doesn't happen in the nfl but it still feels like there are enough questions to me that we could run into scenarios during the season where it's up for debate can the patriots play this weekend because they had x number of players and coaches test positive for covid and y number were symptomatic or asymptomatic like how does that equation break down because that's going to determine the outcomes of seasons and who goes to the playoffs and who wins the Super Bowl like these are important calls and you have to think about these before they come up
1: right yeah and then is it you know is it a forfeit or just a or just a you know postponement or what you know like yeah that's right great point yeah
2: So right. <laughs> there's a little awkward silence there. I wasn't sure if, if my connection was bad, but um, the Wi-Fi definitely taking a beating in this quarantine. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah. Phil, thank you so much for uh, coming on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, um, hope you and your family are staying safe. And hopefully we can see you down at camp sometime. You know, get you on the TV there and see how you match up next to Cam Newton. That That'll be an interesting shot. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be within. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask you how are they doing that. The, you know, like with a, everything like going on, several hundred square foot radius of Cam Newton anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're still trying to figure out what the media protocols are going to be. It it is looking like you know that it's going to be very few of us that are going to be able to interact with the players in person. It's going to be a lot. Um, that's going to be virtual, uh, which is understandable. But hopefully we'll be able to see, you know, plenty of these practices um, as they, as they play out. And we'll be able to relay to everybody what we see, because that's what people want to know. I mean, this is going to be a weird camp. It's not going to be like any other year where you, as a fan, you could show up for free, get a few autographs, right. see what the offense is looking like see you taking reps with whom, like, that's going to be on us and us alone, and we try to do as as detailed a job as we can to to bring you those those nuggets. But this year, it's going to be uh, more important ever, than ever just to be uh, like an accurate set of eyes on the thing and and trying to track where certain position groups are trending and obviously how the quarterbacks are performing and all of that. So this will be. Uh, it's going to be a weird camp, no doubt about it. um But it's going to be just because the interaction with the players themselves is going to be so limited. You know, unfortunately, for a lot of us that like to do the the features, the the yeah. deep dive analyses on on how players are developing and talking to them one on one and figuring out you know what's making them tick as the summer goes along. There's going to be less of that, I think, and more here's what we thought practice. Here's my take. Here's why I think this means this. Right. want uh, like, like, it's, it's let, let us know what you think, because it's, um it's, we're just going to be uh, trying to, trying to generate some answers based on what we're seeing and right. not, not really able to get a lot of answers from the guys themselves. I think, unfortunately, so, Uh, So it'll be, it'll be different, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll at least be able to watch some football.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope so. We get the NHL back finally and the NBA and major league baseball, unfortunately. And you know, the NFL is the next one to come back. So we just, uh, just, just get us there. That's all we want. You know?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm with you.
1: Well, anyways, thanks again, Phil. We appreciate it. And uh, go water your lawn, would you?
0: (laughs) I know. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's looking like uh cardboard that has been thoroughly soaked and then baked yeah. like in an oven at about 500 degrees for an hour. And uh, so my lawn is just, it's, it's basically guys, it's blowing all over the greater Boston area right now, unfortunately uh, for me. So I'm going to just try to pick up the pieces, uh, pat them back on the, uh, pat them back on the old <laughs> front lawn and, and see if we can get them to stick.
1: That's it. You know, let's see what happens. You know, let's just throw some water down and just, you know, Dad, we're supposed to get rain today, nothing, no rain. I'm like, God, oh, okay, fine. I gotta go water the flowers outside, fine. You know, it's always nice when it rains and I don't have to water, you know what I mean? But it's just you guys said that change. The uh,
0: wireless internet has taken a hit during quarantine. My, oh, big um, time. Big my, time. My, <laughs> my green thumb, my sanity, like they've all taken hits yeah. during quarantine. So yeah. the quarantine has spared no one.
2: Oh, yeah. No, <laughs>
1: sure hasn't. So, all right, Phil, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, right, bud?
0: All right, sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me, as always. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Anytime. You're welcome back, back anytime, man.